0: Like I said, the previous time when I was here in March, right it was March, the last trip. Mm-hmm. I had the privilege of speaking to the group, and I know that there are very few of you here now who were there last time, but I feel like it's the same thing. I feel, mamish like it's the same thing. And I, and I think I feel that way because the kinds of women that are Shaykh that are connected to what Barry's doing, even without any of you speaking or saying your story, and I'd love to, to hear and to get to know you on a, on, a, on a more substantial level, but there's a spirit of searching, of bikush, of MS, of wanting, of striving, of dreaming, like Reb Noach's son said, that all of you exude, and to sit in your presence is a privilege, I said it last time and I'll say it again, and I meant it last time and I mean it again, Good. It's, a good. That. That, a no, it it's a privilege. What's that? No
1: one says
0: It's an absolute privilege. And I, I, don't, I don't say it to make you feel good. If you feel good, wonderful. That's not why I say it. I say it because I mean it. In this world, it's very, very, very rare to find even people who are teenagers still who still have that sense that it's worth investing in growth, that it's worth investing taking time off from the mundane day-to-day, let alone a little bit further along the journey, we should all live well and happy to 120 days, Hashem, to take off 10 days, to take off a week, with the investment of finances, with the investment of time and the investment of separation from family and so on and so forth, it's a remarkable, remarkable thing and I should bless each and every one of you. If it's not able to be perceived on a practical level yet, it's, it's an investment and it will pay off, Be'ezer Hashem, dividends for years and decades to come. And, and, and Mamish, I feel that in coming here, you already, you already have what you're looking for. Because that means that you already have it inside. It's a matter of revealing it, but you're there already. And Hashem should bless me, that I should share in a little bit of that also. So with Hashem's help, with the time that we have? I don't know, we're still... Uh, so with Hashem's help, It's difficult to speak in this place. This is a place of silence. This is not a place for, for speeches so much. So close in proximity to that place. The Makam Mikdash, of the essence of the world, of the essence of our souls. I was standing on the roof before looking down and I just had this feeling when you witness Jews walking into the Kotel Plaza. It's not as if they're walking toward the wall. It's almost like a magnet. You just see it. Something's drawing them, they're floating. They're floating. This is the place that's drawing us. It's drawing us home. This is where we belong. A person could have not been to the Kotel in 50, 60, 70 years. That smell is familiar to the Jewish soul. It's just familiar. And you put your head against it and you feel as if you're home. And this is your home and it's the home of your grandmother and it's the home of your great grandmother and it's the home of thousands of generations davening three times a day through the Tashav, and here we are. It's a pellet, it's a wonder. What our babas would give for this? Sapella. So it's difficult to speak. We're going to try B'ezr Hashem first to open it up with Nagina de kedusha, with some singing. And then to try to speak about Shavuos with Hashem's help in a way that will make it somewhat practical, however practical it can be, to take something with us back home to our temporary home. Because Hashem, we should all be back here, bekvios, to stay very soon.
1: Amen. Ki atayimadi, kam ki ele begetzamav lohirarav. Ki atayimadi, shibdicha u mishadicha, hey ma inachamud. Shift the car, O Michanter. Ema Inahamuni Shift the car, O Michanter. Poema Inahamuni Shift O from your time you will stillئ our air so that the health现在 will not I'm ahí And you. Hey ma, you're O Oh hey ma,
0: L'chaim L'chaim T'omusha. It's just water. I don't have to worry. I say l'chaim on water also. Let's do one more and then we'll, then we'll learn a little bit. L'chaim
1: T'omusha. M'ma'alei kol'ahomi <laughs> V'soyi ve'ikola mi vala decha o yen shumeciu sclau mi malecola aume fi sohibe cona mi mi vala decha yen shumeciu In my land All of me And all me By you.
0: So if you stop most people on the street and you ask them, what is the highest part of the human body? What's the highest part of the human body? The head. The shaito? Okay. The head. Right? The head. The head is the highest part of the human body, not just in terms of where it's positioned, but if we were to ascribe the, the nature of Rosh, means the head, not just a physical head, means the top, right? The boss. It's the head. The head houses the brain. That's all the functionality in the entire body is bound up with the brain. That's where we feel things, that's where we think. That's where we plan, that's where we remember, that's where we dream. But the truth is that the head is not the highest part in the body. The neck also has its special place because the neck is more connected to the body, but what's the highest part of the body? Your hands. Your hands are your highest part of your body. Why do we think that the hands are low? And here I want to say, we don't have so much time, I want to say a lot. I, I really daven that I should have siyata and I and I beg that we really focus because it's a lot and I'm going to try to, try to pack it in with Hashem's help, siyata de the secret is that there are two kinds of hands. For our purposes right now, we'll refer to them as the higher hands and the lower hands. And there are psukim about these hands. Hakadosh Baruch who warns again and again and again, in giving us the Torah and giving us the mitzvahs and begging us to follow it. And he does beg and he does pray. We think we're the only ones davening the whole time. Hashem is davening all the time. Hashem's sitter is called the Torah. And the way that we daven is with our tilam or with our sitter. But Hashem is davening in the Torah. Tfilah is when we express our will to Hashem. The Torah is where Hashem expresses His will to us. Hashem is mamish davening. And our psukim like this. Rashi, two parashiyas ago, Im if you will only walk in my statutes. What's if? It's not conditional. It's a prayer, im. If only you would walk. Because it's not about him, it's about us. It's about It's about a life full of meaning and purpose more than that, even if we don't feel the meaning of purpose. It's about a life of truth, and truth means eternality. It's about a life that's real. A life that's forever. A life that's not wasted. What does HaKadosh Baruch want from us? That we should stay away from a state which is described in the Psukim, it's very familiar psukim Familiar with the passage? What does it mean? It is the expression of egotistical control. Means that whatever I did, whatever I built, was me. It was my strength and the power of my hands. Whatever you see in front of me, however many cars, however many houses and buildings and whatever it is, that was me. Those are the lower hands. Those are the hands that are underneath the brain, where there's still some kind of illusion that it's the brain that planned out and the hands that carried it out, and those hands will always be below the brain. But they're the hands that push away faith, that push away Hashem. Because the Kodesh Faruch who says it's either me or you, Hashem is either everything to us or He's nothing to us. There's no in-between. Anybody who pretends like there's an in-between is lying to you and lying to themselves, and even worse, is lying to God. There's no in-between. We need to choose. And today, Jews like yourselves and many, many more like you, men and women and increasingly children, are getting that feeling that we're not okay with just a quasi-quasi, we want the whole thing. Hashem is either everything to us or He's nothing to us. And the Kaddish Baruch Hu says that explicitly, He says, Ein anivu It's either me or you, so choose because I want to fill your life. But if you're pushing me out with with this kind of trying to control and the illusion that we're in control, which is underneath the brain because my brain is all-powerful and that's what's controlling things, those are the lower hands. Those are the lower hands. But the Pasuketilim talks about another kind of hands. And the Pasuketilim says, which means lift up your holy hands and bless the master of the world. Of course, a reference to the kohanim who lift their hands up when they're giving birchas keanim. But what word is used to describe those kinds of hands that are lifted up? Su'u yedechem, kodesh, kodesh. Those are hands of holiness. Why are they hands of holiness? Because that means that there's a moment in time where I'm able to throw my hands up. Why do people throw their hands up? In the secular colloquial sense, when you read it, it means to give up, it means to surrender, but sometimes in a negative sense. It means, I, I, I give up, I can't. You throw your hands up in despair. A Jew doesn't throw his hands up in despair. A Jew throws his or her hands up in prayer. When you pray, you put your hands up. And it's the same thing, essentially, as throwing your hands up in despair. But if you don't believe anybody's up there, so then you're, then, then you're in despair. But Moshe when Am Yisrael is battling Amalek down, Lon Be'emek in the valley with Yoshua and everybody else, what's Moshe Rabbeinu doing? His hands are up over his head. Say, Chazal, because the Pasik says that Moeshe Rabbeinu yoda v'emuna, his hands were faithful. Says the Targum Unkelis pierson on His hands were spread in prayer. And Chazal tell us why was Moeshe Rabbeinu's hands up? To point to Am Yisrael not to forget where the source of their power comes from. To lift his hands above the brain to say there's a place that's higher than what my mind is able to grasp or control. There's a moment in time where we inherit greater power than we ever could have found in the lower hands of and that's, that it's, that's in the moment where we're letting HaKadosh Baruch in unequivocally and completely. To look ourselves in the mirror and realize I am in his hands and that's just the way it is. How much am I going to continue to try to control things? It hasn't worked out for me, at least. I don't know how it's working out for you guys, but it doesn't work. It doesn't work because that's not how humanity is engineered. We are created chasser. We are lacking and Hashem is what completes us. Nikudah period, end of story. To take our hands from the hands below and to lift them up. I ask you a question. Friday night, Friday night. By most it's the minute that the men are giving brachas but but the woman could also give brachas, why not? The parents are giving brachas to their children. It's the end of the work week. person just sat in the office, typing on a laptop, spreadsheet, Google Docs, you know, uh, Zoom, whatever it is, the whole entire week. I ask you, he comes home and puts those hands on his kid's head when he gives them a bracha? Off the laptop? And I bless you, there's no way. There is no way. The hands that we're putting on our child's head, and I bless us all with that experience with children and grandchildren. Mamish Everybody should be healthy and happy and full of life in every sense. The hands that we use to give brachas to our children is not the hands of It doesn't work. You don't bless somebody with those hands. We bless our children with the hands of And we're coming home at the end of the work week saying, yeah, it looks like I did a couple of things and made some deals and moved some pieces around on the chessboard, but I'm telling you, my child, and this is the deepest blessing we could give our children, to let them know, mommy, abba, ima, mom, tati, I'm not really in control. To you, I'm the father, and I'm the head of the house. To you, I'm the mother, I'm the head of the house. To an illusion. On Shabbos Kodesh we realize that you and I share the same category as children of a Kodesh Baruch. And we take our hands from above our head after tefillah, l'chadaydi, l'chaskalah, v'nei shabbos nekavala, shabbos is mikdash, melech melucha. Shabbos is in time, what, what the Beis HaMikdash is in place, is in space. And when Shabbos comes in, it used to be when the Beis HaMikdash was here, and it will be again tonight, tomorrow, when we went into the Beis HaMikdash, Shabbos comes into us. And we take those hands of faith and we put them on top of our child's head to tell him there's a place above your brain. And that that's the place of strength. That's the place of vulnerable power. That's the place of opening up to the infinite. Getting ourselves out of the way. The Pasuk says, "Ha Kol Yaakov Literally means, this voice is the voice of Jacob, of Yaakov. And that's what Yitzchak hears when Yaakov Avinu comes in and he's dressed up like Esav. HaKol Kol Yaakov. The voice sounds like the voice of, ya- of Yaakov. And, and Chazal say, Kol and Kol. Why does it say Kol two times? A bunch of reasons. Torah and Tfilah. This is Yaakov Avinu's area. This is his expertise. Yaakov ishtam yoishiv o'yholem. He sits in two tents. The tents of Avram and the tent of Yitzchak. The tents of Shem and Ava, The tents of Torah and Tfilah. HaKol Kol Yaakov. Ah. And the parallel is Now, if the parallel of Kol Kol Yaakov <clears throat> excuse me, is ide Esav, that means that although we're speaking about the voice of Yaakov, we're not really speaking about the voice of Yaakov. We're speaking about the hands of Yaakov. The hands that accompany prayer. The hands that we lift above our heads when we're davening and we say, I'm giving it up to you. I can't do it anymore. Take me. Ha Kol Kol Yaakov. And our choice is either to live like that or Me de Esav. Esav is Meloshan asiya. That's why his name was Esav, because he was born ready-made. Asui, he was complete, as Rashi tells us. We can be busy in the world of asiya, doing a bunch of different things, but never reaching the Nakuda because everything that we're doing is only supposed to be a vessel to let a Kodesh Baruch Hu in to yet another area of my life. And I get involved in another thing. I was speaking to somebody recently asking me, should I take on a partner in business? Is this Ishtadlos? Is this bitachen? How do I know where the area is? And a person who lives with Bittachon, Adaravah. Any little more bit of Ishtadlos you do, it's another opportunity. Forget to take a partner. To take Hashem as your partner in this new area. There's no Stira. It's not either sit in my bed and do nothing and wait for God to give me everything or it's just me in the driver's seat. Be in the driver's seat but Hashem's the road. Hashem's the road. So drive to many places, but realize that everywhere you go, you're tuning in with the radio, you're tuning into to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And there's yet another experience to, to surrender to Him. While we're trying to live in this world, because that's what He wants from us, give it up, give it up, lift our hands up, bless ourselves and bless our children with the blessing, with the bracha ve'munah. David HaMelech puts it together. This will are coming to an end. David HaMelech puts it together. Because in the deeper Svarim, David HaMelech and Esav have a very, very deep connection. The pusik describes David HaMelech and Esav with the same extremely specific descriptive word, and that word is admoni, red, with a red complexion. Esav, of course, was born completely red, with red hair, and so was David HaMelech, who was a redhead with all of what being a redhead means, right? With fire and passion and soul and storminess. And, and that was David HaMelech. But both of them are called Admoni. Asav and David. Both were warriors. David HaMelech was also an Ish-sadah. As much as he was the Gadol Hadar, and he was learning and everything like this and he was the Mechaber of Sefer Tehillim, he was a prayerer, that's a word, par excellence, that was David. But he was, also a, he was also a warrior out in the field. Like Esav was an Ish-sadah. Asav and David have a very, very strong connection. What's the difference? The difference is is that Asav misses out on the secret of how to be busy in the world of Asiyah with your hands on the bottom. That's the Nekuda of Koich yadi, getting involved, doing things in this world while at the same time realizing that all of that is only a vessel for the upper hands. To realize that it may look like I'm doing things because that's what Hashem wants from me. <inaudible> Hashem gives us children and He says raise them. So I'm trying. Am I raising the children? Give me a break. Everybody knows you don't raise children. Everybody knows that. It's not we who raise our children. A not Baruch who raises children. And he does it through us sometimes, successfully, sometimes unsuccessfully. It's all successful because it's not us. It's him, so it, does, it doesn't become about like, it's my own ego, like what are, the, what are the neighbors gonna think about my kids? They're not your kids, they're Hashem's kids, and they're entrusted to you. So if it's about him and he's the one doing it, so what are you getting so worried about? You're doing a fine job. All of us are trying and that's all we can do. We have to be us, we have to be real. But to know that that's a vessel for the upper hands of Suya Yidei those hands of prayer, those hands of holiness. Asaf doesn't know how to put the two together. But David HaMelech, credible thing. David HaMelech is mamish battle, betachlus habitol. David HaMelech is nothing. He makes himself nothing, even though he was an extremely successful person. He was a remarkably successful king. His psalms have been recited, him for thousands upon thousands of generations. It's one of the best-selling books of all time, Tehillim. He's a best-selling author, David HaMelech. He's a al hadar. He's, he's, he's with ruach hakodesh, but he makes himself into him like nothing, nothing, nothing. My soul thirsts for you. My soul is like a parched earth. I have nothing. Malchus, malchus. Without getting into the depth of it, is connected to the moon. It has no light of its own. It just reflects the light of the sun. David is nothing, but he's everything. But he's nothing, and that's why he's everything with a capital E. So listen to this amazing thing. The Gemara in Bracha says, based on a pasuk in Tehilim, David HaMelech used to rise at midnight, exactly midnight, exactly midnight. The Gemara tells us nobody knew when midnight was. That's why Moshe Rabbeinu had to tell Pare, "Kachatsois hatsois Hashem told Moshe, I will come with Makas B'Chairos at like something around midnight. Why not midnight exactly? So only Hashem knows when exactly midnight is. If you split it down to the millisecond of the millisecond of the millisecond, you can keep on going, right? Keep on expanding it. What is the millisecond where 11.59 turns into 12 o'clock? I mean, what is that? Where is that? How is it? Only Hashem knows. So how did Davra know? That's what Gemara asks. If Moshe Rabbeinu didn't know, how did Davad say, I get up at exactly Chatzois Layla? It doesn't say, around Chatzois. Chatzois Layla Akamlach, on the nose. How did he know? Say, Chazal Mamash, a beautiful, beautiful thing. Chazal say, kinor hoya. There was a harp that was hanging above Davra bed. And at exactly 12 o'clock, a Ruach tzvaynas, a very special northern wind would blow into Davar palace. You could just envision it. It's sedate, it's calm, it's ornate, it's beautiful. Davar is sleeping, if he was ever sleeping. Chazal also say he slept like a horse, they said. He just little snatches at a time because his soul was so on fire. Ah, people, people who are like that, they, they can't handle sleep. It's just, a, it's crazy. You know, we work the whole entire day and then I have to like lay in a bed for six hours and do nothing. It's, it's crazy. It's like biggest waste of time. The person who figures out how, how to take care of that issue just like pop a pill and like you're good, that'll be something, right? But but David HaMelech says, he says, um, he's laying in bed and all of a sudden, a wind blows in through the stone halls of the palace and it begins to play upon the harp and the harp starts to sing, the harp starts to play, and Dabramelech gets up, and this took place at exactly Chatzah Listen to what the Ishbutzer says, the Miashiloach, or Mordechai Yosef liner of Ishbitz, the Talmud of the Kutzker, who broke off later and became his own, his own Hasidus. He says the harp, much like a guitar in Hebrew, these kinds of instruments are called clay Yad. They're called instruments that you use with your hand because there are many different kinds of instruments. Flute, for example, is a kli ruach. You blow into it. Don't play it with your hands. A guitar, a harp, a violin, these are kli yad. He says, David HaMelech's harp is the symbol of Yadayim de Asa. And the wind that comes through is the kol and at that moment, when David HaMelech wakes up in the middle of the night to sacrifice his sleep, he's some big king, you know, he should sleep till like Bnei malach, until three o'clock, you know, whatever it is in the afternoon, it's really three hours, till nine o'clock at least. There's the yichud, there's the coming together of the kol kol yakud, with the yadaim Asim in a glorious way. David puts it together. David HaMelech realizes you can have your hands in, in the realm under your brain, so to speak. And that's okay, and that's what the Kiddush wants from us. That's why he sent us into this world. But realize while you're doing that, and I hope that I realize while I'm doing all these things, that my hands are perpetually above my head. Even as they appear like it's a kliyat, it's all the ruach, it's all the kol kol yakub, it's all bitl, it's all, I need you, I need you in my life. And we're recognizing this more and more. And I hate to say Baruch Hashem, but it's true. The addictions world brought this into the consciousness of a really secular society, but even religious society in a much, much deeper way. We need to surrender. And the tikkun will be when we realize that we're all addicts in a certain sense. We're all addicts to something. Might not be something that's not destroying our lives, we're not gonna hit rock bottom, but we're addicts to anger, or we're addicts to jealousy, or we're addicts to stress, we're addicts to anxiety, whatever it is that we're trying to break free from. We're people, that means that we have a basic set of things that are built into our essence that, many of which, we're trying to break free from. That's called addiction in a certain sense. And there's only one way to heal it, and that's mamish surrendering, realizing that we are not in control. And the serenity that comes with that, the nigun that comes with that, our life becomes a song, our life becomes a prayer. And so David Aleph didn't say, I pray, ani Palel, he said va'ani I am a prayer. It wasn't about Davra Melach davening. It was his whole entire life was a prayer. When he was in shul, when he was at a shul. When he was battling on the, on the you know, on the battleground with the enemies. And when he was uh, creating Tehillim. Ve'ani tefillim. This is the essence of what a Jew is supposed to be. Like the Pasuk says, Hashem created the Jewish nation for one reason and one reason only. Essentially, am zu Li says the Pasuk, says the Navi. I created this nation. Tihilassi saperu. To say my praise. That was it. To recognize me. Another passage in Isaiah. We are in this world to be witnesses to God. Not witnesses of anything to this, in this world that doesn't need testimony. That we see. That we experience. But that there should be one nation throughout history, and we've made it this far and we'll make it to the end, that's standing strong to our ideals, to our morality, to what we know to be MS. Yes, Obviously, things have to develop, things have to change as we go along, but the essence is the essence is the essence. Yisrael Hashem Hashem It's us and it's you and it's Shabbos and it's Yom and it's Torah, which we'll speak about in a minute. This is what it means to be a Jew, to be a prayerful person. Not to be a person who prays, but to be a prayerful? prayer in everything. What's that? Prayerful. Prayerful to be a prayerful person in everything you do, that takes the yadaim the esav and sees them as vessels, for the yadaim of suu yideichem and life becomes sanctified. And everything you're doing, if it's self-care, if it's taking care of the kids, if it's going out with the husband, if it's, no matter what it is that you think it's far away from undanity, it is not. It is mamashnat. With the right consciousness, it becomes a vessel for, like we spoke about before, for emuna, for bitachon. Hashem is the third partner in creating a child. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the third partner that brings husband and wife together. Ishvi isha Zacha, If a man and woman are zoch, eshechina Hashem is the partner in raising our children. That's all there is. It seems mundane. It's a vessel for the one, for the only one who loves us and brought us into this world to love us. And here we come to Shavuos. And then we'll, we'll finish and then we'll sing another nig and it's getting later, right? And I appreciate you mamish being here because I know it's the end of a long trip and the jet lag and whoever feels that they need to close their eyes, please do. Don't let, don't let me hold you up. Please. Please. I should be the opposite of the keener of Davra Malik. You know, I put everybody to sleep. It's good. It's good. If you feel you need to close your eyes, please do. It'll go in anyway. It says Rebbe Nachman of Breslov, listen to this. There's a pasach in the beginning of Bereshis, all of us are familiar with, that says, The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. It's very deep what the Spirit is. Chazal tells us it was the Spirit of Mashiach. That's a crazy thing. Mashiach existed before Adam did the chayt. Was he supposed to do the chayt, was he not supposed? To? Very deep, right? Mashiach was already in the world from the beginning. Okay, that's what Chazal said. But the pasuk says the spirit of God is hovering over the face of the waters. It says Rabbi Nachman of Breslev, what's water? Say Chazal, uh-huh. Ein Mayim Ella, Tyra. The water is the Tyra. For for whatever reason, water is connected to Tyra. M'mayim yardem m'makom namach. Right, Torah flows just like water from a high place to the lowest place, which is very much part of what we're saying, and we'll get to we'll get to that in a minute. Just thought of that, but that's also very connected. Water is Torah. Khazal say, how many strings did David harp have? Five. Five strings. How many books of the Torah are there? Hamish sheicham Torah. Says the Rebbe. The Gemara that says that the Ruach blew in through the window and played upon the harp is the same Pasuk as Ruach elekim ra al It's the same thing. It's the same thing. This is what the Torah means. The Torah is specifically not so much in the Ruach. The Torah is in the Kliyad. It's the harp itself that becomes a vessel for godly perception. Yeah, there's a Shulchan Aruch, millions of halachas for men and for women, and there's so many different things that we need to know about, and we need to teach, and, we need, and the what, and the where, and the how, and the when of being a Jew. It's beautiful. But there's one halacha in Shulchan Aruch that's qualitatively different than every other of the millions of halachas in Shulchan Aruch. Do you know which one that is? It's the very first one. Do you know what the very first one is? Shivisi Hashem lenegdi the, that means, I should place God before me always. Consciousness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, He should be as real to me at least as the person sitting in front of me, who He created, should be at least as real. The Baal Tov wanted that his students should see God first and then see a table and then see a chair. HaShem is real. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is present in this room. He's real. He is existence. He is Hamakum. Like we say,ing He surrounds all worlds and He fills all worlds. All of the other halachas in Shulchan Aruch that are subsequent to this first halacha is the harp. It's the Taira. Right? It's the actual dinim. But it's supposed to become a vessel for the ruach, for the spirit. What's the spirit of the law? Not just what we need to do. What's the why? What's the premise? What are we trying to get to? If a person keeps everything by the book but a person doesn't develop... An expanded consciousness to see things through the prism of history, to see things through the prism of the Jewish nation—not just our community and petty politics and what, what you know, what goes on—but to see things in a huge way, to understand what a Jew is, to understand what a Kodesh Baruch Hu is, the Yom not just okay, what do I have to do, and I'm sure I have to cook, and can you give me the recipe for the latkes? It's it's mamish something else. What Hanukkah is, what Shavuos is, is—we have to learn about these things. Then it's a ruach, and the ruach comes down to settle onto the harp, onto the water of Torah, but it's a vessel for something so deep. And that deep thing that it's a vessel for is one word and one word only. emuna. That's it. The Pasuk says in Tehillim, kol mitzvay secha emunah. All of your mitzvahs, very beautiful, they're all a vessel for emuna, And that's what we need to constantly try to be conscious of, because we can get lost in the details, Chavra. We can get lost, and we do get lost. Maybe men more than women, but you can get very lost in all of what you're learning and this and that and the, and the yeshiva and, 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 the, and the alef sheir and the beis and shidduchim and politics and, 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 and you can get mamish lost and forget what it's all about, which we refer to as the lost princess, humbly. Rabbi Nachman referred to as the lost princess, the princess that gets lost, it's the essence, it's the core. How much are we giving over this essence in yeshivas? How much are we giving it over in our schools? We're giving over the how, what, where, and when. Everybody knows. But the why? There are people that leave school after 10, 15 years and feel like they don't know the first thing about Yiddishkeit. Like the first thing. They know what to do. Okay. But what, what's this all for? Who Perfect am I?
1: Us.
0: Yeah, world. it's me too. Trust me. Trust me, world. it's me. But you know something? It's never too late. And so you start now. And you're on that journey, and you're Mevakshe Hashem, Rapsadik says, the Pasik says, Yismach Lev Mevakshe Hashem. Get me back to what I was saying, but I appreciate it. Yismach Lev Mevakshe Hashem. What does it mean? Joyous are the hearts of those who seek God, says Rapsadik. It doesn't say Yismach Lev, who found God, who seek for God. Says Tzadik. you don't have to have found anything. If you're a seeker, you have every reason in the world to be utmost joyous, because you're of the top percentile of, of any humanity, certainly, but even of the Jewish nation, sadly. Mamish the top, the top, the top, the top. Yismach leiv, mevakshu Hashem. So all of us have this feeling. We need to put these two things together: the yadayim lamala to settle down into the yadayim lamata, the ruach alikim to come down onto the mayim of Torah. the ruach tzvoin is to come and play on the harp of Davra Melech. But how do we do this? And with this, we come to an end. And this time, I really mean it. Okay, because I could just go on forever. But with this, we'll really try to bring it home. How do we do this very simple very complicated extremely complicated very simple and extremely extremely difficult but it's very simple it's difficult because this world is so distracting and it's so easy to forget it's simple if we plug into sources That will remind us constantly. If it's a group, if it's chaburas of learning, if you stay connected, it's the easiest thing in the world. If you're not connected and you only plug in a couple of times a year, it's a disaster. You can forget about it, even though it's the most simple thing in the world. What is it? We're coming up to Matan Torah. A couple of fundamental questions should be obvious. Why do we need shvuas? Sounds not nice to say. Why do we need shvuas? Understand that's one of the three regalim. Why do we need it? We already have Simchas Torah. seems very similar, I mean, we're celebrating the Torah on both. Why do we need Shavuos, question number one. Question number two, why is it that there are no mitzvahs on Shavuos? Now, there are the regular mitzvahs that we do and there's a different nusach and davening. Some people consider eating cheesecake a DRI, so you know, but that's already a Minag. What? But there's no mitzvah sayom of Shavuos. comes along with Dalad Minim and the Sukkah and Pesach or the Dal Koisah everything four also. It's very deep. And the Matzah and, and, and the four sons and the, and, and the Haggadah and, and staying away from chametz, of course, Shavuos, nothing. There's no mitzvah sayom of Shavuos. Why is that? And a third question, Pesach and Sukkot are seven days and Shavuos is just one day for those who keep one day. Two days, Sveikah but it's really one day of Shavuos. Why so short? It's also one of the Shalashir Why is and it also extended over seven days. Put those questions to the side for a minute. Chazal tell us that when Am Yisrael stood by Har Sinai, zuhamasam, which means the filth within them seized. Paska Zuham Masam, purified to, to, the, to the nth degree. Now, of course, the question is why was there any filth in, in, in the Jewish nation? Like, where did that come from? Why is there filth in humanity? What is filth and where does it come from? Where did it come from? And the answer is, of course, the chayt etzadahs. Where Chazal, in that very Gemara, tell us, that the nachash injected filth within the mother of of humankind, which is Chava. And from there, there was a little bit of the venom of the snake that lasted all the way until when? Till Harsina. Now, Let's trace the steps backward. If Rasenai fixes what the Nachash broke, then probably if we find out what the Nachash did, we can find out what Mount had fixed, what it was. And it's very simple. The premise of the Nachash trying to trick and deceive and seduce in a certain sense, Chava, was not that she was so hungry And like she could have eaten like bran flakes, which she knew would be better for her diet, but this was like this beautiful, like glowing apple. She was not really supposed to have fruits. Like that's not what it was. It wasn't wasn't, like, it it was very tasty and she couldn't hold herself back. And she had to cheat. And like she said, it's okay, it's Shabbos. It it wasn't like that. What was it? What was the Yitzhahara of the apple? The answer is simple. Gaiva. Arrogance. Because the Nachash told Chava you think that there's a God and there's little you? That you need to come on to God and rely on God? It's a joke. God ate from this tree, you ate from this tree, you'll be just like Him. You don't have to be stuck in this cycle of constantly feeling as if you're dependent on something else. Grow up. Eat from the tree and you'll be like God. He just ate from it before you, but there's no essential difference. There's no essential difference. That attracted Chava to the point that a Kodesh Baruch Hu comes to Chava and he says, Chavam. What did you do, ma'asit, what did you do?" And she answers, whoa, ha means the snake tricked me, va and I ate. Say the and the word hishiyani means trick. But if you scramble the letters, it spells hayesh ani. Yesh means there's an existence, and ani is says is the individual ego, is the identity. Chavez says, that's what the nachash did to me, hishiyani, hayesh ani. That was the yisod of everything. That was the yisod. That's the nachash within. And for many, many, many generations, that destructive venom continues to eat away at the core of humanity. First, through the dar. Hamamel, the dar flaga, sidayim. Again and again, it's all the same thing. It's all one essential core. It's not that there are many bad midas and there are many good midas. There's one essential mida. It's bital or it's gaiva. And everything else comes from there. Everything else can be traced back to that. If it's anxiety, it comes from there. You think you're in control, so you're anxious because you're carrying the world on your shoulders. If it's jealousy, it comes from there because you think you deserve and you think somebody else doesn't deserve. If it's anger, it comes from there because you think that it's coming to you and somebody else did, somebody's not coming. Everything traces back to this essential core. It's the essence of Judaism. There isn't a whole list of bad Midas we need to get rid of. This is the one thing we need to work on. This is the essence of Yiddishkeit. Period, nikuda. Yihya is life. Is the opposite of death. What happened to That You're going to eat from the tree. You're going to die. It's the opposite of emuna. It's the opposite of letting go. It's the opposite of giving up. What's the Tikkun? It's Har Sinai is the small, humble mountain. Not the big mountain. The humble mountain. And Am Yisrael standing before Sinai as one speak up. And they say, Na you don't need to convince me. You don't need to tell me or explain it to me. Nishma. We're here. We're open. Our hands are up. We're ready to, be re- to receive. It's called Kabbalah Satoira. How does a person be makabal something? With his hands. With his hands. You need to be makabal from something else. They stuck their hands up and they said, Shalom, nishma. We're here. We're yours. No questions asked. And a baskol resounded and it said, Who revealed this secret to my children? For the angels use this secret. How, did, how do we know the angels use the secret? Because the Pazik says, About the Malachim, it says that they also do and then they hear. And Amisrael said, Nasa v'nishma. What's an angel? You know what an angel is? An angel is the solidified will of God in an angel. It has no option to choose something else. It is <laughs> It is absolutely nullified to the Word of God. That's what an angel is. <laughs> is what an angel is. Kaplan writes, we know that two angels can't have the same mission. Why not? Why can't two, two angels share the same mission? He says, simple. Because all the angel is, is its mission. If they would have the same mission, they'd be one angel. If they would have the same mission, they would already be one angel. They are only different in the sense that their mission is different because that is their identity. Khizak mission, right? That's their mission. That's all they are. That is what it is. This is the secret of the Malachim. Nas of Nishma, say Klael Yisrael. We became like Malachim at that time. And this is the secret of Shavuos. And this is why Shavuos is different than Matan Torah. And then we'll end with a story and we'll sing another niggun, and I'll shut up, I promise. <laughs> You guys are lucky because you get to go after this. My wife is stuck with me for life. <laughs> Never. You guys are. You know.
1: <laughs>
0: this is why Shavuos is different than Matan Torah. Says the pasuk, "Kiner mitzvah v'Toyra are." The mitzvahs are neris. They're candles. They each contain the light in the sense that it's one light and that's what we've been speaking about it's the adayim lamala it's the hands up it's bitl, it's 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 letting go of ego it's letting go of our own desires and it's bitl to the rats and hashem that's what it means that's the or that's the light and then the candles give us vessels much like a candle you can't carry a flame without a candle so you need to take from the flame from the torch and to carry it along that's what the mitzvahs are that's what the mitzvahs allow us to do that's what davening is forget about whether your tefillah is going to be answered or not the davening is the answer in a certain sense it provides you the ability to connect to something deeper fills your life with meaning fills your life with So you know that you're in good hands that's the mitzvahs torah is the R. torah is the light itself on simchas torah we're celebrating learning torah that's one mitzvah, very prominent mitzvah, Talmud Torah Kulam, but it's one out of 613. On Shavuos, we are not celebrating Torah. We are celebrating Yiddishkeit. The all- of Torah. We're celebrating every Yom Now by Hasidim, they used to sing every single niggun from all the years. One time I did this in the Yeshiva where I teach, I brought my guitar in, pre shavuos. we went through all the songs from all the Yom We did Yom Kippur Nosuch and Rosh Hashanah, and we did Hanukkah, and we did Purim. We're We're Preparation for shavuos means preparing to receive what it is to be a Jew. The formation of the Jewish nation bound up in its essence with the spirit of the Torah that is all-inclusive and that serves as the base upon which the spirit of HaKadosh Baruch Hu hovers. Therefore, Shavuos doesn't need any mitzvahs. Because Shavuos is not on the level of ner mitzvah. Shavuos is Torah Ar. It is the essence. It's not, the, it's not a candle like all the other Yom Taivim. It doesn't need mitzvahs. Shavuos is the light itself. It's the light of Bittal, It's the light of Arsini. It's the light of and Nishma. And that's why Shavuos is only one day because it's so essential that it can't move from its place. It's not a candle that travels. Okay, one day, two days, three days, you light another candle. Like Chanukah, but you keep on adding another day. It's just—it's the Nakuda. It's the essence of everything. Shavuos is it. Pesach and Sukkot are outgrowths of Shavuos. Shavuos is the pinnacle. It's the zenith. That's the—it's that's the top. Amish the top. And it's the top not because it's the head of the year. It's the top because it allows us to tap in to the su'u yideichem kodesh It allows us to stand humbly before our Kodesh Baruch Hu and say, Shalom, yeah, I'm a from Jew, yeah, and I went to school, and I did all the right things, and I was in Shadduchim, and I did seminary for one year, two years, and all of the rest of it. Rabbanu Shalom, now we're not playing games. Make me into a ger. Make me into a gear because I don't know what it means to be a Jew. And it's not me saying this; it's the Piaseczny Rebbe writes in his diary called "Sav Ziras" that they found after he was nifter, where he literally—it's his 40th birthday. Familiar with this? His 40th birthday, and he writes over there. I apologize if I'm saying things that you already know. I I apologize, and I'm sure you all know it already. I'm sure. The Piaseczny Rebbe, the Pi—right? Not yet. They will. They will. The Piaseczny Rebbe says. On his fortieth birthday, he's not writing so that it's going to be published and everybody will say and I can speak about it in Isha Torah. He's writing this beemes, like for himself. He didn't know it was going to be found and, and published. He writes a letter to God and he says, "Master of the World, he's forty years old. He's been a rebbe since he's about fourteen years old. His father, Rebbe Melech of Grzinsk, was nifter very young. He was lived a, a, a traumatic life, right? Obviously, he was murdered in the Holocaust, and he famously was the rebbe of the Warsaw Ghetto. And and, and we could speak about the Yish Kodesh now for a long time, but we won't because we're out of time." He says, Master of Heaven and Earth. He says, I'm 40 years old. He says, however much taiva that, you know, a man has, it's it's behind me, those years, on his level. And he says, to learn more, I learn pretty much as much as I can. To do more mitzvahs, I'm involved in in, in every possible kind of chesed. He was the guy by tzedakah, of course, like Rebbe's were, giving out tzedakah to everybody, working with uh, adults and the kids, primarily the kids. He was, a, he was a rosh yeshiva, a tremendous yeshiva, all different grades. He was writing svarim. I mean, he was mamish like, as, as close to perfect, like a malach as you can imagine. He says, there's just one thing I'm missing. It's on his level. He says, the one thing I'm missing is just to be a Jew. That's what I'm missing. And he says, again, I couldn't use these words if he didn't use them. He says, make me into a gair, because I want to be a Jew. So I have all the details down pat, but the essence I'm missing and that's what we need because we're not going to survive with the outside alone. Just like the body will eventually, after 120, fade away. It's the soul that's eternal. And we need desperately to tap into the soul of Yiddishkeit today. We need it because our kids are withering away and it's mamish, a form of abuse because we have everything in the kitchen and we put very little on the table. We have everything in the kitchen, I promise you. It is so easy to turn a person's life around. It's the easiest, but you need to be plugged into the to the to the satorah. You need to be plugged into the Nisham of Torah and its basics and we could argue and this one has this shita and that one has this shita, meanwhile everybody's dying. So they can all argue about it. I have something that works. We have something that works. It's demonstrable, it's real. We need to make use of it for ourselves in our own lives and to bring it into our families. And with this, we'll end with one short story and then we'll do one more, again. Do we have time for one? one? Oh, please. Okay. <laughs> Listen to this and this really needs deep listening because I'm, I, I I'm not even sure always when I say this story if I should even talk at all afterwards or just to say the story and, and let you guys mull it over and really discuss it among yourselves and I think that that's what I'm going to do and then we'll do one more song and then we'll finish for now. I hope to see you back, Bezer Rosh soon. For, for good this time. To stay. One of the Sadiqim told the following story. We're putting it in a modern idiom, obviously. And it's a very, 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 very deep, deep thing. It's very deep. He says that there was a star columnist for a a, a paper, the Jewish press or something. Mamish, everybody bought the paper just to read his column, the star. And he got all the scoops and all the interviews and it was like, that's why people bought the paper. And one time he got the scoop of, not just a lifetime, of humanity, like the scoop ever. What was the scoop? For the first time, they were permitting an interviewer to interview people in hell and in heaven, in Gehenna and in Gan Eden, the first time, you are going to let a reporter up or down, both up and down, and allow him to speak to some of the people over there. So he takes the shuttle down, metaphorically down, and they check his press, his press uh, bag, you know, uh, uh, whatever it is, his, huh, his ID. And, and his badge is the word I'm looking for, and make sure everything's okay, the paperwork is there, he signs all the papers, if anything happens to you in hell, it's a little bit of a dangerous place, okay? He signs the waiver and everything, and they let him in. He walks in, he's just looking around, like through the smoke, again, it's, it's all a metaphor, again, and it doesn't actually have fire and smoke the way that we think of it. Oh, shalom, abarakha, right? So he, so he walks in, and he's looking around, and all of a sudden, he can't be quite sure, but he starts to get a little bit closer, and a little bit closer, and a little bit closer, and the guy's a little bit toasted, so he's like, he's hard to recognize. He's getting close, he's looking. And he says, Moishala, is that you? And Moishala Ma- says, yeah. Dove, it's me. And Dove is the reporter. He says, Moishala, I don't understand. What are you doing here? He says, you, you were the, the president of the shul, and you gave all this money to the, you know, to, to tzedakah, and you, and you... And you, you made the announcements by the Kiddush. Like, you were, you were like the guy. Like you, How did you end up here? And Moshe looks at him and he says, you know something? He says, it's a big mistake. <laughs> he says, you think they have it more together up here than you guys have it down there? No. He says, "It just a bunch of Moshe's came up on the same day. The papers got switched. And the, the files, you know, whatever, they got lost. And they put me in here. And it's it's a mistake. And I have my lawyers who are fighting it. And don't worry, they're appealing. And it's a, it's a total mistake. And then Dove is looking around a little bit more the reporter and he sees, he sees somebody sitting right next to Maishal in Ganim and he looks at Maishal and he says, Mysh, is that Yankel your, your neighbor? He says, that. He says, yeah, that's, that's Yankel. He says, wow. He was your neighbor for like 40 years, you guys Mama's has lived next to each other for ever, decades and decades, what's Yankel doing here? So Moishla says, no, him, they didn't make a mistake.
1: <laughs> he,
0: says, he says, him, they got it exactly right. Let me tell you a bit about Yankala. He says he's the biggest thief and a logger, and he mowed his lawn at 1 o'clock in the morning, and his kids and his pets, and they made on our sidewalk. And let me tell you about Yankala. That's Dove of the reporter's experience in Gehenna. Now open your hearts, Mamish. This is something very deep. Moishla goes up to Gan Eden. I'm sorry, Dov, the reporter goes up to Gan He walks in, he looks around. And he can't believe his eyes. He sees Moishala sitting there. He says, Moishala, what are you doing here? And Moishala looks at him with, with wide eyes and he says, you know something? I don't know. I don't belong here at all. I'm, I'm ashamed to show my face around all these holy people. I don't know why I'm here. Dov looks around a little bit more. He sees Yankala right next to him. He says, Dov, isn't that Yankala your neighbor? What's he doing here? And Moshle says, No, Yanko really belongs here. Yanko really belongs here. I'll leave you with that. And you'll take from it what you take from it. And Hashem Shem Mamish bless us with a Shavuot that's more than just you know, the cheesecake and the cooking and the and having guests and the entertaining. Hashem Mamish, Mamish gift us with the all of Yiddishkeit, the Shavuos, not just liman at taira, the all, all the yamim taifin, all the details, with the everything of what it is to be a Jew, deep in our hearts, so that we realize there's really no chilik between, there's no between Eretz Yisrael and America. Of course, there's a chilik, there's a huge difference. It's a matter of developing a consciousness of Eretz Yisrael. It's a matter of becoming a person that lives with bittal, that lives with mission, that lives with nasa v'nishma. Like I told somebody yesterday, when we first got the Torah, it was nasa v'nishma. you know how many people are walking away from Har Sinai today? You know what we need to tell them? When you walk away from Torah, it's flipped around. First nishma before nasa. Our kids don't know the first thing about Yiddishkeit, oftentimes. And they're walking away, and they're, they're nasa-ing, they're doing it, they're finished, they're out. And I wanna tap every single one of them on the shoulder and say, hold on one second, nishma first, before you nasa. When you're walking away from our Sinai, you hate Shabbos. Do you know what Shabbos is? Has it ever taught you what Shabbos is? You hate tefillin. Do you have have any inkling of what tefillin is? Do you know how many thousands of pages are in the Sfar Makdoshim? Not the halachos of tefillin to know how to wrap and how many straps and how to make and it has to be black and the corners have to be round forget that for a second. Of course, don't forget it, we need it. But the essence of it, what this thing is tefillin? What this thing is Shabbos? What this thing is Hashem? The God they don't believe in, I don't either believe in. The God they don't believe in, I don't either believe in. That's not a believable God. So sit with me for a couple of minutes. Sit with somebody who knows something. And I don't know anything, but at least I know a little bit to know that I don't know. Instead of pretending to know. But a little bit, let's explore it together. Let's open up our hearts to something deep. Naseh. And then the nishma then becomes the nishma. Of, of, uh, I'm sorry the NASA becomes the NASA right uh, right again uh, away again of NASA and They turn right around. Let's do one more song we should be za to it for our children and for our educators for our students this is the call of the hour
1: Vida. <laughs> E adam sarikh lavo Al gashat samio Al gashat sa Veda chi ana sarikh lavo Al gashat samio Al gashat sa Vedaklav יאיכה שלו יתפח את קלא שלו יתפח את קלא ויוני מחלא ביאיכה שלו יתפח את קלא שלו יתפח את קלא שלו י Eu não sei
0: Thank you guys so much. Thank you to Barry for arranging. Okay, we'll do one more song. I request, can't refuse. That's a very long song. <laughs> yeah, we'll sing it afterwards, me and you. Okay. my own.
1: Return to what you are, return to where you are born and reborn again. Yoshe, Ysra, 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 Ysra,
0: Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Lechayim again. Lechayim. To real life. To real living. To real living.